Well, I don't know if you've felt like it has flown by, but here we are again, and Christmas has come and gone. And it seems like yesterday that the signs were everywhere, declaring 25 more days until Christmas. And now the most sacred day of the year has come and gone once again. And for some of us, it flew by. For others of us, it couldn't get here fast enough. <laughs> I remember when Wesley, uh, one of my twin boys, he's 21 years old now, but when he was three, uh, he came up to me and he goes, Dad, how much longer until Christmas? Now, let me tell you, it was Christmas Eve on that day. So, Dad, Dad, how much longer until Christmas? And I said, Wesley, it's tomorrow. And do you know that that little fellow without hesitation said, that's too long. Well, it has already come and gone again. And I hope that you have not missed it. I hope you haven't missed the simplicity and the sheer beauty of Christmas that warms my heart every year. And I'm sure it warms yours. The old gospel, the old good news message for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. It is still the heartbeat of the Christmas story. In fact, I thought I would read the Christmas story with you today. And I'm so thankful you are joining us on this Sunday after Christmas. And whether you're gathered by yourself or with your family or a loved one or some friends, I hope this this service today, this experience that we've created will bless you. In Luke chapter two, the Bible says this, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken to the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. It's still the most beautiful, simple, good news story of God's love for you and God's love for me. And if you'll lean into it enough, it'll take your breath away. 
It can be neither changed nor forgotten. If I had to put it all in just four words today, here would be the four words that I want to leave with you today. God is with us. You see, during Mary and Joseph's stay in Bethlehem, Jesus is born. And like all newborns, he's wrapped in strips of cloths and linens to keep the body straight and to ensure proper growth. The guest room was apparently occupied and hence could offer no privacy. So Mary and Joseph had to withdraw to a wood stable out on the backside or underneath the house or perhaps in a cave. We're not quite sure. But the bottom line is that it was a tough night. But you know, so is life. If 2020 has taught us anything, it has taught us about tough times. Life is earthy, life is challenging, life is difficult, and it was the same way for the little baby Jesus. It was a little baby with two humble parents, pushed out back because there, <laughs> there was not a mattress store around or a room in the inn. A star served as the night light and a feeding trough served as the crib. The stable is bare, but the glory of God floods the story. You see, the beauty of this story is that it is so simple, so earthy, and yet so divine. I don't know if you recall this or not. It was quite some time ago, but Larry King had a guest on his show, actually a great uh, theologian and a great preacher by the name of Ravi Zacharias. And as Larry King interviewed him, uh, Zacharias was, was talking to him and, and he asked Larry, hey, Larry, if you could select any one person across all of human history to interview, who would it be? And Mr. King's answer was that he would like to interview Jesus Christ. And when the questioner followed with, if there was one question that you would want to ask Jesus, what would it be? And Larry King, who is a Jew, by the way, and not a Christian, said this, I would like to ask him if he was indeed virgin born. You see, the answer to that question would define history for me, said Larry King. Now, later on, Ravi Zacharias writes about this. And when he requested permission through a common friend to quote Larry King, King sent word to him saying, yes, you can quote me and tell him I was not being facetious. You see, guys, all of human history hinges on the birth of this child, on this simple gospel story. Imagine that this story is really true. If so, it changes absolutely everything about life and death. If this child is virgin born, then those four words are so true. Remember, God is with us. Think about it. God thriving in a placenta, protected by a water bag, bouncing on a donkey ride to Bethlehem, where his folks had to meet the local IRS, no different than any other baby at that time. While God preferred human nature to the angelic, God asked no human favors, and he got none. When ends are full, they are full. Sleep where you can. 
this, I'm telling you, is a simple story, but one laced with divinity. It's a simple story about God deep in the flesh, that God became deep in the, the human experience. Mary, the mother of creation, sustained the one who sustains all the living. God is with us. For believers, we love the simple old story of Christmas, the story that tells of God saving the world through such commonalities as a star in the sky, a manger in a field, wise men on camels, and a precious baby boy born of God through a virgin. God is with us. You see, there's, there's no need to search for stories new and different. After all, there's only one and no modern author or musician can improve upon it. And so for you faithful ones engaging in this online church experience on this Sunday after Christmas, I didn't really want to preach to you. I just wanted to call you back, call you back to this gospel story of the greatest gift God could have ever given us, his one and only son. And I know that you, like me, have felt the pressure of Christmas once again. And I know 2020 has been enough to make the strongest want to tap out. And I know that you've been worrying about presents and wondering what in the world you can get for so-and-so. You've been thinking of loved ones who are hard to shop for, which when you stop and think about it is rather interesting. Because you see, the truth is most of the people we shop for, we don't really need anything anyway. And even more true is because the thing that we really need cannot be found in a store or in a stocking or even under our trees on Christmas morning. Could it be that the very thing we and our loved ones need the most cannot be found in a Walmart or a Target or a local small business or any other store? but is instead found only in this simple love story between us and God. The gospel story, if you will let it, will make your heart swell up until it nearly bursts and fills your eyes with tears and makes you all soft and warm on the inside. For 2,000 years now, people like you and people like me have sat around and had their lives stirred and changed by the power of this beautiful, simple, earthy gospel story. So wherever you are and whatever your need is, God is with us. That is what Christmas is all about. This is all about a love that will never end and a love that will never let you go the love so delicately wrapped in this baby, Jesus, is enough to make the proudest of men and the strongest of women kneel in humble reverence of God in a manger. And so today, I wanted to bring us back to the simplicity of this story. I wanted to remind you that wherever you are, God is with you.
And I wanted to have us have a shared experience today of Holy Communion. Hopefully you have received word. Uh, We've been letting everybody know to bring bread and juice to this experience. And if you need to run to the kitchen now, feel free to go do that. You can have some bread or crackers, some juice or some wine, whatever the case may be. But you are like most families. You're still recovering from Christmas. Why? Because we've been busy. But today I thought we would just strip it all down and get to the heart of the story. And this story, for you see, the Bible tells us that this baby grew in stature and in wisdom of God. And knowing that we were lost in sin and in need of a savior, he willingly laid down his life. The God of Christmas, who was born on the wood of a feeding trough, also died on the wood of a tree trunk carved into a cross. And there he willingly allowed the sins of the world to crucify him so that we may be saved through his blood and redeemed in a right relationship with a perfect and holy God. And that, my friends, is why we call it good news. And right before he went to that cross, he took bread, he took wine, and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Remember, God is with us. He took the wine. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And it is through this, again, simple, earthy experience of simple elements like bread and juice or bread and wine. Maybe you have a cracker. It doesn't matter. It's symbolic of his body. The juice and the wine is symbolic of his blood. It's simple elements that remind us yet again, God is with us. And so as you gather today and you share Holy Communion, let me just encourage you to serve one another. If you're by yourself, it's perfectly fine. Receive the body and blood. But if you're with your family or friends, take a piece of bread, hand it to them and say, the body of Christ broken for you. And then pass around a cup, any kind of cup, it doesn't matter, and say the blood of Christ shed for you. And we're gonna sing one final song, O Come All Ye Faithful. And if it's okay with you, I'm gonna consider you one of the faithful ones. I mean, come on, you are engaging church online on the Sunday after Christmas. But I want you to know that before we sing that song and before we receive Holy Communion together, that I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God will bless you abundantly. I'm praying that 2021 will be a great year for you and for our church. And I'm trusting that God is going to move mightily and powerfully in your life. Hey, speaking of prayer, let's pray before we have communion together and sing one final song. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We are so humbled 
and honored to be invited to this table, humbled and honored to know that you sent your one and only son that we might be saved, that we might be redeemed, that we might celebrate Christmas. And God, thank you that your son grew in wisdom and stature and knowledge of God. And when it was all said and done, he went to the cross and he, he died a death there so that I might live now and forever. Thank you for the gospel good news. Thank you for this moment where we can celebrate Holy Communion together. Bless this bread. Bless this juice. May it be for us the body and blood of Christ that we might be for you in 2021 and beyond the body of Christ redeemed by your blood. Father, we thank you for it. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.